Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chef here in West Hollywood. And um, I don't know, today I am a, uh, I'm an iced coffee boy. I got my iced coffee um, and I'm just sipping it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like a little, I don't know, a little otter clutching my coffee. Is it went it? from cold to hot instantly, yeah. like weather-wise. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I was gone for three weeks and I was playing soccer in the cold with long sleeve clothes. And then I came back and I was like, oh, I don't want to wear anything now. <laughs> and who, who are you who's wearing nothing? My, my name is Michael. I am currently clothed. Um, I am a chaser and I am a a hot coffee boy this morning because when I had a vacation in Puerto Rico and we had this really good coffee called El Coqui, which are the little tiny little frogs that make tripping sounds mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. Um, and it's really damn good coffee. And so I bought some, I got a French press mm. and it's super good, super tasty. Nice. My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood. And today I, I guess I'm the only one who got the naked memo because I'm the only one here not wearing clothes. What the hell's up with that? Hmm. It's just rude people. I just thought I should send you that. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dan Oliverio, uh, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And um, today I am a well-caffeinated boy. Yes, that's right. And I've had breakfast. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you have or haven't? I skin. have. Okay, none of that food to water down the caffeine <laughs> kick. <laughs> uh, quick bit of business here before we get into it. So I've been editing this show for over two years now, um, and I really love doing the show, I love recording the show, but the editing is work. Um, and because I edit for a living, it, you know, it very much has uh, taken a toll on me over the last two years. I'm pretty exhausted at this point. Um, and I, as much as I want to keep doing the show, uh, I can't keep sort of overextending myself. I've been dragging this out for, for years at this point. Um, and so we've decided to uh, hire an editor, sort of take that over so that we can keep doing the show Every week, we absolutely love it, and we love how you guys have have taken the show and how much it's mean, meant to you, especially over the pandemic. Um, and so we want to keep doing that. In order to fund uh, the hiring of an editor, we're going to start a Patreon channel. Yes. Um, now, this will also go towards, obviously, with patrons, um, if you want to support us, uh, we'll have different levels, and you get extra content. So yes. you're not just giving us money to keep doing the same thing. As a supporter, you will also be able to um, get access to other things that we're going to do. Trevor is still setting that up at the moment. We'll have more details uh, as we get closer to it, um, but expect that to develop over the next couple weeks. Um, It is uh, definitely something not only to help the channel or to help the podcast and help us keep going, but to help me personally because I'm exhausted. Um, I'm, I really want to keep doing this, but I'm, I'm tired. see the bags under his eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's been a lot. I actually I've, hung my <laughs> coat on one of them when I came in. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so please help us out, uh, support the channel when it launches, and we will keep you posted. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get rolling. Let's I actually was it. like laying in bed last night, and I was like, oh, this episode's kind of uh, a little bit, I don't know, I feel like a bit of a downer. Is it? I've this has been being discussed in kind of Chub Chaser world, and I didn't want to say anything until there was really confirmation, and I was like waiting for maybe uh, a statement to be released, but also I don't think there will be an official one. Um, Edward, the founder and um, owner of Bigger City and Bigger Vegas, passed away last week. Wow. And it's very sad, and Edward was very private, so like I don't want to, I don't know, dwell on it too much because like, I know he would kind of hate that <laughs> overshare. <laughs> well. Um, I think that the two main points that should be made is this will in no way affect bigger city or bigger Vegas. They are a well-oiled machine at this point. They've produced the event very well for years. So if anyone's worried like, Oh, well, what's going to happen to that? No, it's going to be fine. It's going to be perfectly fine. And the other thing is, I don't think people realize quite how much of an effect Edward had on the Chub Chaser community. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, bigger city. Bigger city in, in yeah. itself was revolutionary at the time. Revolutionary. Yeah. And it, the I fact, mean, it's the spine of the community as far as I can tell. And it has, uh, you know, like a third of a million members worldwide. Yeah. So that's a huge reach. The other thing that people may not know is Edward's uh, philanthropy and promotions of Chub Chaser events. If you've ever been to a convergence, which is not his event, mm-hmm. but if you've ever been to a convergence, he uh, and the, his company would donate so much money and resources to every convergence. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a substantial force in making them happen. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I kn- knowing nothing about this community years and years and years ago still found Bigger City. Like just 
and I feel like so many people did the same thing of just like sort of stumbling around until you find inevitably bigger mm -hmm. city. And mm -hmm. that's kind of your, your yeah. footstep into the rest of the world. It's, it's almost like, like it's as if I don't think this is actually true unless it is that, you know, as a very, as a very young chub, Edward says, I want a date. I shall found a global dating service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, so for people I'm, like me, <laughs> it's it's hard to find on the Vigor City website, but there is like an about us page where you can see like little, I know, cartoony headshots of the team. Oh, nice! And also like the timeline of Bigger City and the original Bigger City guy. Everyone who's for people who oh, don't know yeah. the what, cartoon um, image, like the yeah. Bigger City guy. Yeah. Uh, for I don't know civilians who listen or people who aren't in the Chub Chase community. There, there is like a mascot for Bigger City who is a little cartoon chub with blonde hair. The original like mascot for the website, you can see a little thing from 1999, is very clearly Edward. Yeah, but it's like Edward as a as a as a 20 year old. It's like yeah. he's really cute and kind of goofy and yeah, and like with the <laughs> facial hair and Ed. I don't. Know, anytime I saw Edward, he was wearing kind of a signature hat. Yes. And I think like this is a ver like his hat at the time, his signature hat at the time. <laughs> um, and it's funny because so I I'm, I've met, you know, Edward a handful of times at events. And whenever I usually saw him, he was working. But I did get to see Edward at I think it was Orlando Convergence and he wasn't working and he was just there like like, like a regular human being. Yes, which In the was wild. <laughs> very strange. And I had an experience with him, which I'll share because it was just like it's. I know it's how I will remember Edward other than like working himself to the bone during an event. So it was uh, Orlando Convergence. We we're in the pool and Edward was like tipsy, which I never saw. And just like dancing in the pool hmm. and it was raining and he, we were talking and then he slipped into another language, which hmm. at the time I was wondering if it was German. Um, I think it may have been Latvian because Edward hmm. at least currently living in Latvia. I don't know if he's from Latvia. No, he, he's, he's, he's from a lot of places. Yes, it's and part of the mystery. But it was just, I don't know what he was saying. And then when I saw him the next morning, I asked him, I was like, oh, you know, we're talking. And then you kept like, I think I was slipping into another language and he didn't remember it. I think it so was I, Portuguese, wasn't it Portuguese? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I don't know. But I That's will remember him dancing, like spinning in the pool in his hat. Speaking a language I don't know. <laughs> in the rain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I never met the man, but uh, on behalf of all of us who have benefited so much yes. <laughs> from mm. the work that he did. Yeah. Uh, not just, you know, not just from Bigger City, but it, it made an impact mm -hmm. for fat people, period. Yeah. So thank you for your work, Edward. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And condolences to his his friends and family and people he was working with. Cause mm -hmm. you know, speaking of that, I never, I, I did a lot of work for Edward uh, and, and his various organizations as a writer and a speaker. And I, in a business meeting, I don't think I ever heard Edward use the word I, it was always mm. we mm. when referring to his businesses, when referring to the enterprise, it was always we, mm -hmm. and he was very much about sharing the credit, sharing everything. You know? Nice. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, now Moving that I know. Yeah. We got um, some, some uplifting stuff now. So uh, as of this recording date, Lizzo's show dropped yesterday. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched I haven't, episode one. I pl and fully intend to watch. Yes. But yes, not quite yet. Um, but there was a wonderful interview by the curvy fashionista mm -hmm. um, interviewing some of, I mean, the, not, I won't say some, the, the cast of. Is it the whole cast? I believe so. There's definitely, I think, like six. She, they have little, um, like profiles, like yeah. short bios for each of the the contestants of the show. And just to review for people who are not completely plugged into Lizzo world, <clears throat> as some people are. Yes. Uh, so this is a competition show, a competition dance show. Yes, to be backup dancers. To for be backup Lizzo. dancers for Lizzo, and the and the the, the extra special sauce is uh, they're all fat. Women? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, is it an elimination type show or is it a full group complete, completes the process and then someone's chosen? I don't think we fully know. I, it is described as a competition, mm -hmm. um, but it's also described as being extremely like so, like group supportive and like mm -hmm. not, not caddy competition. That's what I was like, wondering. That's yeah. what I'm willing to bet on. because 
I'm finally starting to see that shift in competition shows after the Great British Bake Off. I was going to say. Made its impact mm-hmm. by being heartwarming, even though they were an elimination show. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched a School of Chocolate or Chocolate Art on Netflix. Mm. It's a reality show about chocolatiers making these enormous chocolate sculptures. And it was the first non-elimination competition show I've seen in a long time. Mm. And it made it so much more easy and pleasant to watch because mm. I didn't have to feel bad at the start of every episode when someone I liked left or at the end. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know if they're doing eliminations. I mean, it says they're competing for a spot. So I, it yeah. sounds like there's going to be elimination. Well, the prize may still go to one person, but like if they all make it to the end, they all get the benefit of the training mm-hmm. and time with Lizzo. Like that's, much cooler to watch. Well, and the reason she started the show was to make it a showcase. So yeah, it's not exactly. in the, it's not in the show's interest to diminish the showcase. Yeah, that right. makes perfect in, sense. In this interview of them kind of talking to the the different contestants, it's so so it's, so it's interesting to see the bios and just the diverse backgrounds Huge in terms of diversity and in terms of their like their dancing backgrounds and different styles and everything, but also just like the. In the interview, they talk about how, like, coming together and kind of having been isolated in this dance space mm-hmm. of not having a space, like, a space to be a fat dancer, mm. and then getting to come together. Oh, and and it's only fat dancers, and they're yeah. all living together in mm-hmm. the. I think they call it the big girl house. Like, <laughs> it's and I think they so they end on this fantastic moment, which I don't know if she was being serious or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I she think was probably probably. Be, I, it was um, Ashley from the show mm-hmm. was saying her favorite memory was that they were told, I think accurately, not like as a joke, but like they were told, okay, so at midnight every night the cameras will cut off and every the crew goes home. And she was like, so at that point um, we all got to kind of just be ourselves and hang out naked together, <laughs> <laughs> um, which just sounds like the most amazing party. Um, but it sounded, like, it sounded like a big sleepover, like an yeah. extended sleepover where they all get to do their favorite thing in the world. And the diversity in the cast is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, and everybody's, again, like different backgrounds, different histories, different ages. Um, and vastly different body types. Vastly mm-hmm. different body types, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I liked that. I liked that. It wasn't, there wasn't just one brand of dancer they were bringing mm-hmm. in. It was mm-hmm. all over the place. I mean, you talked about the diversity of backgrounds. One of the, one of the bios actually reminded me a lot of Dexter's bio. Like growing up in Houston and taking oh that, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, by the way, for those who are interested, Dexter, we'll talk about this later. But Dexter does have a, a new reality show coming out. So is it his show? Because you've mentioned that a couple times. He's one of the judges. He's, he's one of the judges. Okay, he's on, he's on the, the show. Panel. He's okay. on the show every week. That's awesome. Uh, it's called um, Come Dance with Me. Come Dance with Me. And it mm. debuts uh, April fifteenth. April fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Trevor is there for it. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. It's not every day that Trevor gets to interrupt other people, so I yes. feel like he's he's earned it. He's already <laughs> on his DVR over he's the course ready. of the show. <laughs> I got my uh, my, my We need brew. to keep an interruption counter for Trevor, like <laughs> the number of times that one of us cuts him off. Because um, you can't tell if he's done. Well, no, well, but but he's also almost always the person leading us into the next topic. So, like, mm, yeah. inevitably, somebody's like, "Well, I have something to say." <laughs> um, no, the interview is really fun, and I mean, we were already going to watch the show, but it does make you really just want to watch the show for their personalities and mm-hmm. just seeing them having fun. Um, and obviously, Lizzo. Let's not forget, Lizzo yes. wasn't even part of the interview. This was mm. with the cast of the show, mm-hmm. with the talent. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole other element here. Very exciting. So just to reiterate, uh, where can people watch that? Amazon, Amazon. Prime. Yes. Excellent. Check it out. Streaming. Is this, wait, are we already in Fat Watch? Yes. <laughs> Come 2022. With me. I, I think of uh, soaring over California when I hear this, and I imagine when the hawk sound like we get a blast of the orange tree oh smell. yeah the orange the smell as we orange like grows. our legs are dangling and we tilt and veer into this wonderful piece from huffington post emily mccombs talking about going back to the office after i mean i now that our office i don't want to say after the pandemic because we're still in the pandemic yeah um after office, quarantine i yes, think after quarantine key. um and what it is like going back to the office after gaining 70 pounds and just kind of the mind fuck of like going back to your old life after your lifestyle has changed so much and your body yeah. has changed so much. 
And it's a jarring, you know, like it's not like the weight came on, you know, week by week while you were going into the office every week. It's mm -hmm. just like like people's last visual image of you yeah. was when you were 70 pounds mm -hmm. lighter. And then like, bam, you have to show up. And, and she talks about how her weight has fluctuated quite a bit over mm -hmm. the years. Um, and it, I liked the framing of it, which was basically like I she was saying sort of like I've never never disliked my my fat body, but I preferred how people treated me when I was thin. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's really comes across at several points. Very self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. And like you know, that. she admits that like, she's not, it's not that she's devoid of, of her own fat phobia. Yeah. It's just that what really sucked about being fat was how people treated you being fat compared mm -hmm. to how she got treated when she was thin. Yeah. Yeah. And her, so her, I guess her coping mechanism for going, having to go back into the office, looking very different from how she used to, was to dress in this hot neon pink pantsuit, mm -hmm. which, and there's a picture of her wearing this, and it is like, it's really, really eye catching. I would it wear looks that. great. Um, but, and she, she said, I, she, you know, she was, in, I guess, kind of an exercise for her because she didn't want to hide. Like, yeah. she didn't want to go in mm -hmm. and kind of shrink away and hope people didn't notice her, or didn't notice the difference or whatever. She wanted to just, Go out, go proud, and go big. Mm -hmm. So she goes into the office, and what's wonderful about the happy ending is, despite having endured so much trauma in the past, in her childhood, in her adolescence, mm -hmm. in her early adulthood, uh, so much trauma around her weight and how people treated her, she goes into the office, she's wearing the loudest pink pants suit she can mm -hmm. find, mm -hmm. and people are decent, people are mm -hmm. fine. People are like, wow, love the pantsuit. Yeah. Nobody mm -hmm. is, I mean, and, and she's like, oh my, it's like, they treated me like I was an adult. And as opposed to, you know, when you're a fat kid, there's all this stuff that happens in elementary school. Mm -hmm. And not that you don't get slimed as an adult, but I think mm -hmm. it's very different. Yeah. Uh, it, she, she talks about how when she was an elementary school kid walking to school, people would like yell out of their car at her and or throw and throw so sodas, sodas at her, you know, yeah. like um, uh, just drive by literally yeah. like a drive by, but with yeah. sodas, yeah. but with sodas. It's a non-lethal drive by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it was actually a huge shock for her yeah. that people are in the office are interacting with how she's presenting herself mm -hmm. in this pantsuit. How great is that? Yeah. Rather than as like, oh my God, what happened to yeah. you? Mm -hmm. Or or and and not even just that, but not even like those like hidden microaggressions no, that no. are kind of under the surface and they're not the big obvious getting slimed, but still kind of there. Like not even that. Um and she was, credits she credits like although it's <laughs> fat phobia is still alive and well, sure. she says, you know, maybe we have taken some ground. Maybe we, maybe things are a little bit better mm -hmm. compared to and, where she was. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the examples she gave was that when she was younger, uh, she wouldn't have had the option to wear this hot pink pantsuit because they didn't make clothing like that for people her size. Right. Mm -hmm. So just that advancement of having the option to wear something like that, which looks amazing and gave her the choice gave her the uh, uh, ability to make that choice. Like she wouldn't have had that option before. Um, and, and that's also in its own way part, part of what helped her um, get through it. One of the things I loved about this article was it was just discussing very frankly, I think a fear that many of us who had an office life before this are facing of returning to that normalcy with a new body mm -hmm. and bluntly discussing it in a way that makes you not feel so alone. So mm -hmm. that, was, that was, I think, a great thing about that article and that it's a very universal experience, even though... Hers may have been a little bit more extreme than some. So we have a, a big topic today. Yes. A topic of firsts. Yes. Um, I'll give some background into this. So um, obviously there is the ongoing terrible steamroll uh, red state battles of basically trying to vanish and silence and torture um, LGBTQ youth in states like Florida, Texas, Iowa, Oklahoma, Iowa. Um, and someone who I've uh, shared artwork from, uh, Michael Herrera, uh, Paper Tiki on Instagram, was sharing on Twitter, kind of discussing the uh, wanting to investigate what was the first time people heard the word gay and what was the context. Mm -hmm. And the setup was, um, was it a slur? Was it um, like was, happy, yeah. Like or was it about romantic love? Mm -hmm. And seventy-two percent heard it as a slur. 
the first time, yes. like the first memory of it. Yeah. 15% was a synonym for happy and um, 11% was romantic attraction, romantic love. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, sadly, isn't that... Not too surprising. Shocking. I was thinking about it because the first, um, my mom had gay friends when I was growing up and like she told me they were gay, but I didn't really get any context for what that meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like knowing, like seeing the friends and just kind of being present for like interactions and stuff, I knew it was other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that was my, like my context. Of oh, it yeah. was like definitely some kind of other. The thing that weirds me out about that is I, so we had a, um, my my parents were friends with a guy who lived next door to us who was gay and like friends before he moved next door like mm. they knew him and then they we ended up but i didn't see him that often um but yeah the same exact experience of like he was a friend of the family but mm-hmm. he still felt like separate or like kind of i don't know like weirdly kind of other not through any like conscious choice but just like it was in the air yeah and i don't know how this happened but not related to him directly, just my experience of the word gay or like what it means to be gay. I don't know how or when this happened. I can't place the first time because my memory doesn't work like that. But I, at some point as a kid, understood that being gay was bad. I don't, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. I don't remember anyone sitting me down and saying Yeah, and, and yet, me too. I can't yeah. rem- I mean, yes, but I don't have any... Like I, we had two, a, a gay couple next to us mm. and they weren't, I mean, having a single mother like that, that was our head of house, right? was my single mom. So we were other two. We mm. weren't like part of the, the Beaver Cleaver clan. And you know, if you, if you, if you're a neighbor child and you play in other, other kids' houses, you realize like, oh, well, they're really fucked up too. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You learn that quick. Okay. I like yeah. my, I like our fucked up better than I like their fucked up. Okay. Cause their fucked up comes with hitting. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> that's not I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I, yeah, I, I, I only had positive visuals or experiences for gay, mm-hmm. but yeah, I knew that wasn't a good thing to be. Yeah, it just seeps in. Mm-hmm. I had no positive connotations to the mm-hmm. word gay. Uh, my introduction to it was from you know a religious background, from yeah. a religious mm-hmm. mom. Classic. Um, but the only time, I, when I really started hearing it discussed was in the context of the AIDS crisis. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So my first introduction to what gay was, was literally people on the television set telling me that it was a punishment from God for evil people doing evil things for something they deserved, Mm -hmm. right? And I was, and I don't think, I think I developed very early. I knew by the age of seven or eight that I was, uh, I was attracted to men, Mm. right? I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know what sexuality was, but that was my direction. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, for me, I had to go through that period. I think most of us do when we realize the gaydom of like, oh shit, am I burning in hell? Right. <laughs> mm. And so, but it, because that started for me at seven by like nine or 10, I realized like, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, good like, that you had that realization. Yeah. Right. But, but I mean, that was the only choice. Either I am fundamentally evil, which I know for a fact I'm not, or they're wrong, which is easily more acceptable. But that didn't matter. What it taught me at age nine or 10 was that there's something about me that the world will hate and attack me for. So I have to conceal this at all yeah. costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially, yeah. and I think gay is a unique situation because part of who you're trying to keep this a secret from and most primarily from is your parents, Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not true. It's a different experience than, than, being of a different race because your, your parents are, even mm. if they're not that race, they're not like blaming you for it. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, um, or if you're fat, you know, maybe your parents are fat, but everybody knows you're fat, you know, as soon as you enter the room, the gay thing is like, oh my God, I hope they never. There's a lot of out. hiding. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hiding. It's very internalized. Um, yeah. If you're found out. Yeah. Yeah. So he had an immediate follow-up to that question, mm-hmm. which was, did you hear gay first or straight first? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't. Everyone said gay. Pretty yeah, much. it was, it was, I mean, 75% heard gay first. Yeah. Cause I only, the first time I heard straight was from like when I met a gay person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. straight doesn't exist unless there's gay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 
And straight people don't go, go around calling each other straight. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. yeah. Because they don't need to. It's assumed. It's, it's default. That yeah. is the privilege of being straight in our society. Yeah, it's like, default. Yeah. Maybe we'll live in a world someday where the straight people have to come out. I think that would be Maybe Maybe we do. We live in West Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, I do live in a world where occasionally I will have to inform people like, yeah, this person's coming to the party. He's straight. Be nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. That's that's it's, yeah. it's a bubble help though. It. He was born that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We very much live in a bubble mm. in that sense. Yes. That oh is, God. Yes. Well, but I'm sorry. I work. I have worked very hard to raise that bubble. <laughs> I have worked very very hard to ensure that when I hold my ha- when I hold the hand of the person I'm in love with, that is the norm in that neighborhood that mm-hmm. I live. Yeah. Uh, so that. You know, I'm, I, that's a big deal for me. How do you feel about pushing that outside the neighborhood you're in? Like, it depends on my degree of safety outside the neighborhood. There yeah, are neighborhoods okay. I wouldn't yeah. do that, mm. but th- that's my point. Yeah. I want to I live in a neighborhood, and yeah. I've managed to do this my entire adult life, where if I'm, if I'm holding the hand of my boyfriend, that actually is the norm in that neighborhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So as this pertains to the show, um, we were thinking about... What was the first time firsts of of hearing like the terms chub and chaser, your first introduction to that and first impressions? And did you have any first impressions? All of that good stuff. I will say, I think that for me and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to take a risk and say, I think most fat people who've been long term fat people like myself, Mm -hmm. um, if you were fat as a kid, you never you never discovered fatness. It was just always there an ever present force sitting on your chest. You know, um, I was informed at a very young age that I was fat by a pediatrician. Um, my mother took that to heart because fatness was a horrible thing to her. So that became one of my defining identity characteristics. I never discovered it. It was just part of who I was as long as I can remember. What about you know. the term chub as it relates to the community? Like not just a not just being did fat. not hear yeah. I heard of chasers before I heard of chubs. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. but that, that makes sense. Again, straight people don't call each other straight. Yeah. Fat people don't call themselves chubs just, unless it's in that context. Yeah. I mean, I knew there were fat people, don't yeah. get me wrong. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, and uh, again, this is one of those weird things. It's like I've talked about my mom in the past being very virulently homophobic. I haven't talked about it as much about my dad not being homophobic in the slightest. My mm. dad has never had an issue with gay people. Uh, the only gay people I knew growing up were through him. Mm. Mm. Um, and at one point when I was a little kid, there was a comedy coming up on the Playboy channel. <laughs> and I saw the description of it in the, they had TV uh, channels at that point that would read off what was on other channels. It was like TV Guide channel. I used mm-hmm. to work in the building where the Playboy channel was broadcast from. Random side note. <laughs> Keep going. But on the Playboy channel, they were having this movie called The Ritz, right? Which is a, a madcap comedy about a fat man who gets in trouble with organized crime who hides from them in a gay bathhouse. Mm. Hijinks ensue. Um, and one of the first people he meets there is a self-described chaser who has to define what he is to the fat man as he starts hitting on him in the, in the first scene. Mm. And what that told me as a fat kid who knew he was gay was there are people in this world who exist, who will find you attractive no matter what your body type is. Good. Right. Mm. And that became this mythical unicorn that was on the horizon (laughs) that I kept my eyes on Mm -hmm. through college where I saw no evidence of it through high school where I saw no evidence of it, Mm. you know, but I had that belief and it kept me going. And one day I found them. I, I can't tell you the number of people who have written to me or Mikey about our true life episode and making that same discovery. Like, oh my God, they exist. Mm-hmm. You exist. Yeah. Or I'll have people tell me like, oh my, I, I, when you, I saw you 20 years ago on that show and I'll never forget it. Like it was, mm. it was when, you know, the clouds parted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big deal, you know, because- yeah. Everything, literally everything else in society is telling you that you do not have a sexual being up until that point. Or that it's being held hostage. Like, you know, when you lose weight, then you can have love. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, that is exactly it. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've wondered if, like, do we, like, is there any, like, you know, teens who have found our podcast? Yeah. And, like, where, 
I don't know. Don't message us. Don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> don't interact. Don't interact. Don't interact. Wondering um, in a hypothetical sense, not. Yeah. In well, a, just because, like, I mean, I so I found. I mean, I think I've. I mentioned this like two episodes ago. You know, I found the Chub Chaser world just through like okay, so I you know I met a gay per like a another gay teenager in a Pokemon chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice a Pokemon trading card game website, Pokemon Zio. Uh, there was a chat room. Um, there was this regular who was, you know, also a gay 13 year old, 12 year old, whatever. And we were talking and basically like, he's like, I think you might be gay. Oh, so like mm. maybe. And I was like, well, like, how would I know? <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, like, who, who said, I think you might be gay. The, the, he uh, did. Yeah. The other kid, the other kid, uh, Charlie, his name is Charlie. Okay. Um, and you were like, I don't know. How would I know that? Yeah. <laughs> um because like i had seen like straight porn before and i was just like this is a thing apparently people look at this and <laughs> are are not disgusted by it <laughs> um and i i remember the first i mean uh telling myself uh first gay porn like I, would, I can't remember. I was like gay. I think I'd like to put in the like gay porn <laughs> into, into Alta Vista. <laughs> I probably Alta Vista. Um, oh, Netscape. Remember Netscape? Netscape. Uh, and it took me to hunglikeme.com. Wow. Hunglike me. I love that. Talk <laughs> yes. about building up insecurity complexes. And it was just like, you know, wow. a, a twink with a big dick. And <laughs> that was more interesting. Um, <laughs> anyway. And then, so I, I said this, I, I feel like I said this a couple episodes ago. Uh, eventually, I was like, I wonder if there's like porn that reflects what I look like because I just saw this porn of like twinks mm-hmm. having sex with each other. So I put in like fat gay porn, I think, and I ended up on Whale Riders AOL homepages. Oh yeah, I remember Whale website. Rider. Yeah, and there was all this stuff with like Chub Chaser stuff, and I think there was a link to Bigger City because yep. mm-hmm. Bigger City was like three years old at that point. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, the internet has just been a huge game changer in terms of like, I don't know how you would, I mean, I guess you would like go get a pornography magazine from the (laughs) adult bookstore and flip through the pages and maybe you would find something. Dan and I grew up in that time period when we didn't have access to the internet. So I wasn't even aware that there was such a thing as gay, as gay chubby porn until I saw an, an issue of bulk mail mm-hmm. uh in a in a in a store and that blew my mind that like not only are there people out there who like might find me attractive but they'd be masturbating to me <laughs> like what a concept you know um that was very weird what did you what, what how did you take that because so many people have a positive reaction and so many people have a negative reaction i would say yes to both of those things okay it was a positive thing, but then also sort of like a wildly uncomfortable thing because I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I think my theory would be is that at that time, my sexual appetite was kind of voracious and like the things that were going through, like I wanted sex so desperately. Mm. I was, you know, like, I don't know. It just, I wasn't mm. getting it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the idea of someone else looking at me with that sort of voraciousness to it was a little scary, I think, because that was something I ha- I felt I had to control, right? Ah, like, this is an go. unhealthy Urge. side of myself. Mm-hmm. I have to rein this in, control it. So the idea that someone else might be looking at me that way made me maybe made me a little uncomfortable. I'm not sure. That is mm-hmm. a very interesting. I'm, I'm sort of reaching for an explanation. No, I mean, that, that makes a lot of yeah. sense because I think so much of the world operates like that. This is something that I hate in myself. That's mm-hmm. why you can't be it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, it was also one of those things that, it, but it made me very eager yeah. to know what it would be like to be with someone who wanted that, you know, to wanted to touch me in a way. Um, I, now, I, I feel very uncomfortable saying it now because it sounds so lonely and desperate, but... You know, that's, that's how it felt at the time. No, it, it, it absolutely can. I mean, I remember even in, as a chaser, I was like, hmm, I have still not had sex. I have still not ever had sex. I have still yet to have my first sexual experience, and I'm in graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, yeah, I was, like, feeling the ticking of the clock. Yeah. And, like, how old is it going to be before I have sex? And why am I not having sex? And why yeah. am I not? Why do I not even want that kind of sex that I'm supposed to want? But I guess I want it. 
I mean, it interests me. I just don't get hard. What? Hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's damaging in different ways yeah, in that yeah. you're searching for the thing you want and I'm searching to, for someone who wants me. Well, you and know, it's like, to be fair, I mean, I don't know how it is for you, Michael, but it's not that you don't know what you want. It's that you don't see it as potential. Mm. Like when you're, when you're searching in your, like let's say you're, gonna, you're hungry and you're going to make dinner. You ignore the ice cream in the freezer. Well, some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go. Like, I feel judged, Dan. <laughs> well, I mean, it's when, when you're looking for something to eat for dinner, you and you're looking in the freezer. You usually push past the ice cream to the frozen. I don't know the frozen chicken nuggets. Sure. What I'm saying is that there are certain things you're like, oh no, because that's not dinner. Because mm -hmm. yeah. ice cream isn't dinner. I mean, you might eat it for dinner, but it's not which it's not quote unquote dinner. And I think for for me at least as a chubby chaser, it was like. You know, fat men were <laughs> not on the dinner menu. Uh, <laughs> that's like, oh yeah, of course I like that, but that's not sex. Oh, of course I like that, but that's not that's not what I'm. That's not gay because hmm. I looked at gay magazines. No, no fat men in there. So okay, if you like fat men, that means you're not gay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I literally, I literally had it like yeah, that. That's yeah, you've said that before, and I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I looked at gay, and that's not it. <laughs> So I must not be gay. I must not be gay. <laughs> did, did you have that experience, Michael? No, he's not that or something stupid. Like he's that? not no. nearly as stupid as I'm. Well, no, he, well, had, I, he had more of an assortment of things in front of him when he was growing up. So I, uh, I none of these things are relatable to me because I, I was just it was such a different yeah. experience. I, I mean, I didn't really have any fat people in my life at all, um, so I didn't really have the in person visual. Um, I think that's true of a lot of chubby chasers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which might be part of it. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, the, the internet, much like Trevor, was sort of my way in, but it started with Bear, and that was kind of, like, good enough. And, yeah, and then it spirals off into a whole, you know, like, for me, from, like, 15 to 20 is, like, a, a black hole of my life that I don't really want to talk about. So, like, there's a whole other aspect of this that really has nothing to do with mm. the conversation that basically governed all of these experiences for me. Um, so yeah, none, and none of it good. So it's not, I don't really have the, like the slow wandering journey. I sort of went from like, you know, <laughs> I went from being like a lily on the pad to being in the middle of the Atlantic ocean with a maelstrom, like sucking <laughs> it down. Like it, it just, there's really no, um, there's no part the of that experience that wasn't being controlled by, by outside forces. So I was just kind of along for the ride. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, after that, like, I had already been, um, what's the word, baptized. So, like, it, but, but it wasn't really my, it wasn't my journey or my experience. It was just what happened. And what you mean by baptized is held underwater. Yeah, yeah, literally. So, you know, I, I don't, none of this, the whole discussion of firsts really opens a can of worms that I don't particularly want to talk about. <laughs> uh, okay, um, okay. Yeah. I think it's interesting when there are because like i've encountered chasers who like have never you know they've had a a full sexual life a full life of relationships and everything but they have never really experienced sex or intimacy with a chub and come out of the other end of that experience like i have never really like i've had sex but I've never really had sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I hear I hear that over and over again from from chasers, encouragers, some gainers. Yeah, I will say there was one interesting thing about my first time with a chaser that I'm curious if other chubs and chasers have also experienced. Where the first chaser I was with was just a little bit older than me, right? But very clear from our first sexual encounter, so much more experienced than me, mm. and to the point where. For me, it was a first time being with someone who I really felt was attracted to my body and was enjoying my body. But to him, it felt sort of like, we, we're just having fun. This is something that happens every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I felt like it didn't mean anything to him. Like it was meaning something to me. Um, and I'm wondering if like the nature of the Chub Chaser community having to work so hard to find someone that matches what you want, where you match what they want, um, if that leads to these sort of cross experience encounters for first times. Oh, I think very definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, boy, there's, there's a lot to say here. I think it does happen on both sides. I think 
Trevor, you have stories of, you know, for you, I mean, you've, you're no stranger to being with a chaser, mm -hmm. but you have been with chasers who you were their first time being with oh, a yeah. chub. And just like, I mean, Don's point is like, there's a mismatch of, I guess, expectation and reality there. Mm. I'm not sure that's I've never a bad heard of thing. a chub and chaser having like their first experience together. I have. You have? I, it was not me, but I have mm. heard of that happening. Oh, I do nice. think it's rare. It is okay. rare. I do yeah. think it's rare, but I, it, do, it has happened at least once. <laughs> that's sweet. And it, it, from the way it was described to me, it was a fantastic experience. So it can happen, people. <laughs> Don't lose hope. Mm. I do find, too, that... <laughs> I'll just, you know, look, I'm a whore. I have considerable experience in this area. And so sometimes. He's so honest. <laughs> but I, I will say I'm, I'm often in bed with a guy and they're like, oh my God, how do you know to do that? How do you, how did you? And I'm like, well, because for most fat people, their only reference for a fat body is their own. Yeah. So I said, it's because you're dealing with a sample size and experience of one. I am dealing with the sample size of dozens, possibly hundreds. Hmm. And so I like, I know, I know how things work on a fat man's body that you might not because you only have your body to play with. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a very and, interesting. And point. from a different, from, you know, the outside point of view as well. You can right. like, and, see and access different. And I, you know, things. my style of lovemaking is I'm trying to get an erotic reaction. It's not meaning, yeah. it, meaning it's not like about what they can do for me. It's really, for me, it's a lot about like, Ooh, you're really going to love this. It's like showing someone a, a movie that you enjoy. You know? I'm like that too, but I have to admit, I kind of, I like the exploration of it because every once in a while you're like, you, you'll hit that point where it's like, you see them shudder and you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you hit that point where you're like, I'm doing something and they're just looking at me like, why are you doing that? <laughs> what the, what? Like, you know, yeah. but that's fun to me. I, I love that confused look every once in a while. Like, mm. well, all right, moving on to the next one. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always different for different people. You can, mm -hmm. and that's, that's part of the fun is like figuring out, you know, what works for that person. Yeah. I really, and, and also, you know, like I have techniques to control ticklishness and I have, the, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I have, I have a repertoire. So first there, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and so the first uh, time we've done that. Do we? I don't know if you have a, 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 like, I don't know, a first story you want to share maybe. Yeah. Send yeah. it to us. Cause oh, I, think I think it's a very interesting. As long as you're over 18. Yes. I don't think we've had that problem yet, but yeah. you know, maybe we wouldn't know it, I guess if somebody lied, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but speaking of firsts, our tip is a first. Really? Uh, listener and activist and uh, just very talented individual, Caleb Luna, has released uh, their first uh, chat book of poetry called Revenge Body. Interesting. Yes. Revenge Body. Yes. Um, it's a, a book of poetry and it explores themes um, such as their relationship with fatness, sexuality, and chasers. Hmm. And... Uh, for those of you who don't know Caleb or uh, Chairbreaker on uh, various social media, um, Caleb is a Latinx, non-binary, disabled, queer, super chub. Caleb is also one of the hosts of Unsolicited Talk, Fatty's Talk Back, the, uh, the podcast. Uh, check that out as well. Um, I, don't, I don't have the book yet. Um, the first printing sold out. So oh, awesome. I am I'm waiting for it to ship. Um, Congrats, Caleb. I got a, an update that I think it's supposed to come like the second week of April. So if okay. you do get it, you're going to have to wait a little bit. You're going to have to <laughs> uh, feel some anticipation. Or, or if you already have it, maybe give us a like a an early review or like your first reactions. Yes. That could be kind of cool. Um, I will link various places. To buy. I bought it on Amazon just because I, I get points and stuff. I, I get that. That's how they get yeah. you. Um, but I mean, it's, it's sold out everywhere. It's, it's, um, but I will also link to like the publishing website, which also I think, a dollar goes to a charity I can't remember. Nice. Um, check it out. Support Caleb Luna. And yeah, I think do we, I think I, we, can, we must have a bit. We do have we a bit. Have, have uh, out of curiosity, has there been an episode where we have not had a bit? I, I feel like once. Once. There was, yeah. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like every time we're like, is there a bit today? And we all know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't, we never know what he's prepared. It's always a surprise, but it's always kind of like, yeah, obviously there's a bit today. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's bit is fat. Oh, there is a bit. There is. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a sound effect for shock. Keep going. <laughs> uh, his fat firsts, right? 
these some of these people are considered to be some of the best in their fields or the first, the first <laughs> or the longest or the greatest or whatever. Um, the common link between all of these people is that they were in fact fat people. However, that is not always something that has to do with the question. So I feel like I should point that out. Okay. 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 So Hatshepsut, queen of the Nile, uh, one of the most famous uh, Egyptian pharaohs of all time, may or may not be resting in the Cairo Museum. The mummy there has been identified as the woman who has the longest reign as the queen of Egypt, but there's some debate as to whether or not it's actually her. If it is, and everything we've learned from it is true, which of the following facts do we know to be false about Queen Hatshepsut? One, she had severe skin issues. Two, she was diabetic. Three, she was balding. Or four, she had a beard. Oh, dear. Huh. My answer is not among the choices. <laughs> That's why I omitted it. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I want to say, I think that she was diabetic. I think, yeah, I think diabetic is false. Diabetic is false? Dan. <laughs> While Michael plays the Jeopardy theme song. Dan. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm think, just going to start playing random sound effects until you choose. I think it was that, she, I think it is that we don't, we can not rule not out balding. Okay. okay. Whatever that Two means. for balding, one for diabetic. Okay. The correct answer, the false thing on the list was she had a beard. Oh. She did not have a beard. Although uh, statues of female pharaohs traditionally had beards attached and she most likely wore a ceremonial fake beard out in public yeah, or for things. Okay. His, his name was Herman. But yeah, uh, Queen Hatshepsut <laughs> was uh, apparently a very large woman um, who had uh, several other issues that probably came in from severe inbreeding of the pharaohs. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Next question. The king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, is arguably the most famous rock and roll performer of all time. While most of us know about his love for fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which of the following facts is in fact true? One, he had a pet pig named Porcarina. <laughs> Two, like he us? had a black belt in karate. Hmm. Three, he was a classically trained opera singer. Or four, he had a severe phobia of horses. I, uh, I feel like he had a pet pig, but I don't know if the name was Porcarina. I yeah, think that might be a trick. That, that feels like a trick uh, answer. I think maybe he had a black belt. I think he had a black belt. Okay, we yeah. got two for black belt. I'm going to say he had a fear of horses. The correct answer is a black belt. Yay. Elvis got his first degree black belt in 1960 and opened the Tennessee Karate Institute after he got his seventh degree of black belt. Wow. Interesting. Uh, question three. And this is where I get, so there are certain names on these lists that can be occasionally difficult for me to pronounce. Uh, Konishiki Yasokichi, uh, born Seleva'a Fuauli was the first non-Japanese person to reach the second highest possible rank in sumo wrestling, Ozeki. Mm -hmm. Okay. At 633 pounds at his largest, the American-born wrestler was famous, having earned the nicknames Meat Bomb and Dump Truck throughout Japan. Hmm. He seemed like a lock to be the, the first non-Japanese person to reach the top rank of Yokozuna. While the rank was traditionally awarded to people who won two consecutive championships, Kunishiki was denied the rank not only after his second win, but also after his third. Huh. Oh, why was completely expected. Why was Kunishiki denied? One, a member of the sumo committee said he lacked the grace, elegance, and refinement needed for the rank. Two, he was considered underweight for the rank. Three, he was considered overweight for the rank. Or four, a semantic error in the rules prevented any non-Japanese person progressing to that rank. Well, I think the 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 truth is because he wasn't Japanese. Now, did they say that, or did they say some, or did they say the first one? Uh, that 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 yeah, that makes sense to me. I was thinking because he wasn't Japanese. I'm gonna say that. I'm you gonna say that one. Which one? Not Japanese. The fourth one. The fourth one. Fourth Semantic answer. error. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna agree with that. Okay. Uh, fun fact: Konoshiki follows me on Instagram. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. I, I also worked as a bodyguard for him uh, for a, the U.S. Sumo Open. Oh, my God. I, I got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> we have so many connections. All right. So you are correct in the stab of 
racism, but that is not the official reason. Oh, yeah, oh, then it's, it'll then never be the grace. official reason. Then it's about mm-hmm. grace. The official reason is grace, elegance, and refinement. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't contain. I think the actual phrasing by the committee was. He didn't understand Japanese culture enough oh, how perfect. to rise to that point. Mm-hmm. I think we should all get a point for that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of whether agree. they lied or didn't <laughs> lie. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thomas Aquinas, a very large man. Really? Did not know this. I always kind of pictured him being an ascetic. Yeah. But he's sort of in Christian circles. He's sort of legendarily large. They wouldn't let him sumo wrestle either. Uh, no one claimed Thomas Aquinas got famous on his looks. He suffered from edema. One huge eye dwarfed the other, and he wasn't particularly dynamic, charismatic figure, being introspective and silent most of the time. Though today he's recognized as one of the most important Christian theologians of the Middle Ages. What was his nickname in college? <laughs> okay. One, cherub. Two, the dumb ox. Oh boy. Three, the dullest devil. Or four. Too good, Thomas. Okay. Say the names. What's the th- second one? What was the second one? Uh, the dumb ox. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that. I don't want it to be that, so I'm gonna say too good, Thomas. I just don't. I don't want it to be All one right, of well, the I'll, ones. I'll split the vote. I'll say cherub. All right. Uh, sadly, the dumb ox yeah. was oh. in fact what he was known as. Um, not so much because of his size, but because people genuinely thought he was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was. Very slow to answer things. The, the giveaway for me was okay. So oh, he's the smart. Dumb as in doesn't speak. Well, both, both. The, okay. There's a comp. There's a anyway. Well, in English. Though. What gave it away for me was the fact that the smartest guy in school is going to be given the dumbest nickname because that's who his peers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's all the dumb. Mm-hmm. Like it's all the people yeah. who can't think of a good insult. Oh, you're dumb. Like like an like ox. ox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Thomas Aquinas is one of those people that. Mm, not a, not a huge fan of his, but no, uh, it does seem like a lot of the the dislike he got in his time period might have actually been kind of looks based. It sounds like, yeah. you know, aside from you know everything yeah. he was saying. But <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any uh, major fat people in history that you'd like to tell us about? Where could they tell us about those people, Trevor? We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars Apple. Five, leave us Spotify. reviews on Apple too. Spotify. I found somewhere else that they were taking reviews. I don't remember what it was called. Wherever there's it is. an aggregator. Oh yeah, there's an, a review aggregator called something or other. But yeah. Something or other. <laughs> five yeah. stars there. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, we're back. We're good. We're it's, back. Uh, how do you feel? You probably feel good. We had a good time. I was thinking it was going to be a little bit more of a downer, but we got some, <laughs> had some fun, had some sexy times. Maybe you're uh, you're pushing down your fresh press because you got inspired by Michael to brew some coffee. Ooh. But there's some there's some resistance, and you can't. It seems like there's oh, something God. down there, so you lift it out, and it's. Michael. It's, it's always me. <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised at this point. <laughs> and he's in a little, uh, a little monkey costume because that was the thing. And he's, he's going, ooh, ah, ah, which means... Watch out, I guess. <laughs> Where does... What? Monkey costume? Where does that come from? And here was uh, the, the little... Call back e you mentioned it earlier. No, it was a frog. Oh. It's a little <laughs> frog. <laughs> oh, I thought of you were doing a Jetsons it's callback. It's a This is a great Gunky. fade out right here. This is a great yeah. fade out. It was the frog. It was the frog uh, the whole time. <laughs>